welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 125, part one of the talk given by David Wells, entitled Jonah. say that to you as a member of this diocese really just to say welcome to the Plymouth Diocese and welcome to the southwest Uh, this is a beautiful part of the world I moved here five years ago and probably the only thing that outshones the the landscape are the people and I hope that if you are a visitor to this diocese weekend that you're going to really enjoy the people because they're lovely And I just want to reassure you that the other people in the room that you don't know yet are lovely too. (laughs) It's really important because you've come to a place and you've trusted the event. And I feel quite blessed already by the experience because the work I've been doing on the next 35 minutes has kind of been echoed in the prayers that we've already heard. And so I feel already that the Lord is stirring. And what I'm going to do with you for just that time is just to introduce you a little bit to our theme and the context of Jonah. So that when you begin with that wonderful scholar tomorrow, um, uh, Father Pat Collins, uh, hopefully you'll be in a particular place together. Um, I want to set the context, if you like, that the service team have given to me. Just the last thing I want to say by way of introduction is that last year was a particularly busy year for me. And it included a number of adventures to other parts of the world, by God's grace, invited to other places to speak to other peoples and to be blessed by them. But I just want to say that probably the highlight, I think the highlight of my year last year, was this conference when it was organised in Sidmouth. And it was the very moving moment in which my son came up to me, as children do, and said, Dad... That was the best mass I've ever been to. And you know, if you're a parent, what that does to you. And uh, by the grace and leadership um, bestowed on Father Trevor, my little boy was saying to me, it's good here, isn't it? And I was just thinking, if you think that, son, it's good for me too. So I just want to thank the people who make these events happen because they've blessed my family. I want to say just a little bit about Celebrate. It's a, it's a conference that happens in Ilfracombe. It's a, a national charismatic conference. But this year I had quite an adventure because uh, some of the things that people in Plymouth know I say a lot is that the, the, the way that my ministry is held in a certain wisdom is through my wife. Uh, that often happens for those of us that are married. And, uh, <laughs> you know... If you're down, your partner will pick you up. But if you get too puffed up, they'll prick your balloon. (laughs) And uh, Alison will often say to me, you know, don't get too serious. I didn't marry a serious man. I married a man who makes me laugh. Don't stop being him. Um, Don't stop being him. He wooed me. I fell in love with him. Don't start to take yourself too seriously, Dave. Um, And because that is always ringing in the back of my mind, don't take myself too seriously, when I was invited at this year's Celebrate at the opening match to write a short reflection welcoming people to the conference, they also said, and they only said this about an hour before, and will you dance? (laughs) 
a thousand people. <laughs> now, the thing is, because I've got this thing ringing in the back of my, in my head, I, I said, you know, there was another guy from our diocese called Alan McCarthy, and, and we said we would. So we did a liturgical dance. For the first time in my life, I danced at Mass. Yeah? Yeah. And get this. What didn't occur to me was that my boss, the bishop, was going to celebrate it. <laughs> He's my boss. Right? And there was this fantastic moment. Because I think me and Alan were trying to do a Steve Murray and failing pitifully. You know, you know that kind of... All that stuff. And I just haven't got the moves, so I'm busy doing all this. And then the bishop... I just caught the bishop out the corner of my eye. And he was looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> I went to see him last week. It was the first time I'd seen him since the event. And he said to me, it was really good. He just said, I haven't forgotten. I think he thinks I'm an idiot <sighs> but there you go um, so yeah uh, the one story I'm going to say at this conference that I shared at that one so forgive me those of you that were there but I want to, to lead us into a, a, a look at Jonah for a moment a number of the prayers that were just shared in that prayer time lead me to believe that possibly God willing uh, this may be what I and we need to reflect upon i don't know let's hope that by the grace of god uh, his words are anointed so i say lord i'm not worthy to receive you but certainly say the word and i shall be healed um in the the middle of the winter down here we had a big storm it was october and it stretched and lashed the land but when the storm meets the land from the sea it's always a different experience and living for the first time on the coast as i now do i found myself attracted to the enormity of the waves and took my children my two boys and emily down to the coast where we stood upon the seawall at exmouth and held on to the railings as the thunderous water hit the seawall, it's a slight curvature, and so when the big waves hit the wall, the water went straight up into the air, and we stand and allow the water to baptise us. It was just the most refreshing experience, and hanging onto those railings felt quite safe as the thunderous water baptised us in such a zeal for the, for the sheer energy of the water. We loved it. And we were so wet. And then we went home and we got all our clothes off and we got ourselves all dry and wrapped ourselves up in towels. And we slumped down in front of the TV to turn on to the news because this was news. And the TV... It was almost that moment, uh, look southwest, which is always a kind of an understatement of the news. It's kind of news without news, if you know what I mean. Like, not a lot happens, so when there's news down here, it lasts us a while. We're still, we, we still have stuff on the eclipse going on. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. So we don't have a lot of news. So, you know, news can be quite an adventure for us. And, this, and the first thing it said, it was great. It said, Brixham Coast Guard could not believe the stupidity of parents as they took their children. You see, now, the thing is, like, when you're not, when you're not, when you're not doing this stuff all the time, when you're not used to the sea as I'm not used to it, you don't realise that I always thought the danger was being sucked into the water, so I knew where we were standing and we were safe. But, of course, the real danger is the fact that the beach is now into the air and the, and the sea is throwing rocks at us. It didn't occur to me. It didn't occur to me about the dangers. And that's the story I want to begin with. Supposing the baptismal waters that we've all been baptised with had stones in. That's where we're going to start. We're going to respond to the prayer that we heard in that prayer time that said, help us, Lord, to more deeply understand your mystery, the spiritual mystery, our quest. We've got about 25 minutes to go, and we're going to look at some stones first. Because it goes something a little bit like this. Um, I, I've prepared this, if you wouldn't mind. Can we just have the first... Uh, it's on the ceiling at the moment. That's right. Can you just... That, that's fantastic. The commission to Jonah, as we've heard from Tony, comes twice. It's interesting. And it's very interesting that the first time Jonah doesn't respond. In fact, we all know the story and we know it well. The story begins with Jonah refusing the invitation or the commission. In just really three paragraphs time, he will get the same commission again and the second time he'll respond. The second time his preaching will be heard and the people will be converted. What's happened in between? Let's look at that. What's happened in between? I'm going to suggest to you tonight that for us to be evangelists, this theme of this conference is very much about proclamation. For us to proclaim, we have to begin in the belly of the whale. And I'm going to finish this short talk by saying that Raymond Brown, the famous scripture scholar will go on to say of this passage that before the revelation of Jesus Christ himself this is perhaps one of the key turning points in the Old Testament because this short passage is about to change everything. Let's look at that. First we must journey into the belly of the whale and we're not ready if we haven't been there. If you look, the first time the commission comes to Jonah, the commission is, go and berate the people. Tell them, tell them. But before Jonah is able to hear the full message of salvation, he's off. Now, how often has that happened to us in our spiritual lives? We got the truth but we didn't get the whole truth. We got the truth, but we didn't get the whole truth. In the first commission, he's about to be sent to berate the people, and he wants no part of it. 
and he's gone. But he hasn't listened. And so that necessary period of darkness, our suffering, our vulnerability, becomes his teacher. Now I know that there are a lot of us in the room who are carrying pain. In fact, one of the blessings of having been here five years now is that the, some of the people who were once faces are now friends. And I know that in that story there is agony. But it is a necessary period of growth. Don't allow me to suggest to you that I understand or know your pain or I'm even saying that God wants you to have it. I won't say that. But what I would say to you is, it's our pain that transforms us. Slowly, sometimes with great agony. But it will mean that the next time the commission comes from the Lord, we will hear it differently. And so by the time the third chapter comes, Jonah is ready to listen. In fact, he's been in the darkness. It's a place that many of us have been. And it's incredible. Because it's the darkness that transforms. You see, in a sense, as Richard Rohr is suggesting, you need the darkness in order for the light to penetrate. <coughs> have you ever noticed something? A simple illustration of this. The last time you carried pain that was new to you, the person most likely to have been able to help you was somebody who'd carried it too. You see, the person who can most help you in the room is a person who's been in the belly too. Then, we're going to hear the message differently. I've noticed that there's something about suffering that brings out the best in us and brings out the best in the people we love. I couldn't believe this when it happened, but you know, um, it's Boxing Day and you get the news of a tsunami on the far side of the world. Now, when we moved down here five years ago, we set up a little plan, you see, because my sons had been pulled out of a school they loved. And the reward that we said we'd give them, because you know how it is with your children, I said, now look, Sam and Matthew, what we're going to do is that each week you put a bit of your pocket money away and... Mummy and Daddy will put a bit of their pocket money away. And when we've been around for a while, we'll buy a boat. You can imagine the excitement. You know, at the time, they were four and six. And the thought of having a boat meant that you would actually leave anybody, including your own parents, if somebody <laughs> offered you a boat. <laughs> so they were quite happy with the deal. We didn't bribe them to come down here, but it softened the blow. <laughs> On Boxing Day, Sam said to me, Dad, he said, we can't have the boat now, can we? Like, 
those people, they need it more than we do. I thought, my God, you know, he's ten. He's sussed it out already. I mean, he's no different to all the kids. All over the country, children felt compassion. But that's what the belly of the whale does. It takes your edges from you. It makes you less angry and more compassionate. Why? Because you hurt. And when you hurt, you see the hurt in others in a new way. When you've lost, you know what it's like to lose. And it changes you. It changes all of us. So the first interesting difference between the first commission and the second commission in the book of Jonah is he's lost his edges. Now what happens? And this is just beautiful, I think. Do you mind? The second, and you've been taught this, and I don't know how you learned it, but you learned it from somewhere. I didn't teach it you. You taught me. Once in the belly, the lesson is gratitude. Now that is bizarre, and it's why some people think you're happy clappy. (laughs) No, they do, but they don't understand this bit. The interesting thing is that Keith asked us, let's find things tonight to thank God for. Now who taught you that? Where did you learn that? You know, I've met people in the autumn of their lives. (laughs) Come on, stay with me, folk. There's there's only a quarter of an hour to go now. We're all right. We're nearly there. I've met people in the autumn of their lives. Very interesting. You will have met these people too. There's something about life that's going to send you, I think, one way or the other. There seems to be people in the last years of their lives who've just grown angry. In fact, the TV calls it grumpy old men. Richard Raw calls them embittered fools. But they've grown into the twilight, sorry, the, 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 if you like the twilight of their, their years. And they've merely grown resentful. And I've also met people in my life who have carried the most immense suffering and they have the outward signs of an inward grace all over them. I've looked at some people, you know, in their 80s who have such a serenity and a beauty and I find myself thinking, for all the things that you carried... You know, you lived through a war, you lost loved ones in it, you carried such pain and anguish, you lived in poverty that I've never experienced, and look at you, you radiate joy. Now what's happened? It's not that one's bad and one's good, it's that one has discovered that the gift is gratitude. As Henri Nouwen said, I hold my life in that chalice, However it is, with all its confusions and doubts and mixed up mumblings, with all the noise and haste and doubt and confusion and irritation and anger, and I hold it up 
and I give thanks for it and he transforms it, not me. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey to maximise your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.